Welcome to the Man Under Construction Podcast. Yes, yes, this is episode number eight for the Man Under Construction Podcast. I still get excited. I'm very excited, actually, that I get to do this, that I am able to do this to speak and share these stories, speak into someone's life and hopefully extend my hand and pull them out of the, the very same things that I was stuck in. I hope that the things that I'm sharing speak to you and inspire you to be a better man, to inspire you to get out of the situation you might find yourself in. And that's the whole purpose of this. And I, so I thank you. So I thank you so much for your support. Today is a special podcast. Today is a special one. Chad, a friend of mine that I met via Instagram, we are on the same journey to be better men, to be better fathers, husbands, and friends. And most importantly, be a better child of God. He joins me today via Zoom, and we're going to have an awesome conversation. And I hope you walk away blessed, just like I did. So without further delay, let's jump right in. Thank you for joining us, Chad. Thank you for being on the program, taking your time to be with us, and I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. And I met Chad um, early on uh, several months ago uh, through the Instagram uh, page that, that I have, which is Man Under Construction, and he shot me a message, and he, he let me know that he had a story to share and a story that would resonate with the audience and the people that I'm trying to reach. So that's that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about... Uh, certain things that he went through and certain things that he wants to share in order to help build men up and help uh, other guys out there that might be struggling with the same thing. And we, we actually had a similar struggle. Mine uh, was a little bit uh, more prevalent. I, I struggled with it a little bit longer, but he, he went through it as well. And uh, he's going to share his perspective on it because two stories are never the same. Two uh, battles, we might be fighting the same thing, but the way we fight it and the way we struggle with it are totally different. And he's going to share that with us. And uh, so Chad, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I am the founder of a new kind of man. You can find me on Instagram at that handle at a new kind of man. And I have uh, I have a vested interest in, in being a better man. And part of what, uh, what God has done in me has inspired me to want to help men to have, what he's given me. So I started this, uh, this Instagram page and I've been blogging, uh, two men primarily to help them be better men and fathers and, and all of that. So yeah, it's been, it's been an awesome ride and I'm just trying to transfer what God has given me to give to other men. And, uh, and by his grace, I have been. And that, that's awesome. I'm, I'm, and I'm very, uh, I'm glad actually uh, that I've come across men like yourself and, and other gentlemen that have been down similar paths because uh, we, we are seeing a decline in, in man in men in general, uh, they're, they're starting to fade into the back and there are certain reasons for that. It's not simply because uh, we want to stand back, but because we are not dealing with the things that we have to, in order to stand up, we're trying to stand up, but it we're broken. It's like trying to build a house of cards and anything that comes our way, it just simply falls back. So um, 
Chad, like I said, uh, Chad has a story for us. And uh, so if we can, I, I know that we established this is where you're, you are at now. You know, you have this, this uh, a new kind of man. Mm-hmm. Let's hear, uh, we want to know and let the listeners out there know how you got to this point. How is it that you, what path did you take to reach this particular area in your life? Yeah, well, I'll go, I'll go all the way back, uh, some to my early, back to some of my earliest memories. My parents divorced whenever I was four, and it was a bitter divorce. And my brother and I were caught in the middle of it. Uh, the way that I describe it is that if you can just imagine a tug of war with a handkerchief in the middle, that I would have been the handkerchief in the middle. And it wasn't so much so that, that my parents were fighting over me. I think they were just fighting to win over one another. So I was just, uh, again, just keeping with that analogy, just kind of along for the ride. and. And their, their divorce just, it, you know, they did not communicate and it left me in a sense of abandonment and my father had custody. So it formed all sorts of issues with my mom that she had left the way that I had seen it. She had left uh, my brother and I and by feeling, feeling stranded, then she, you know, she eventually came back a little bit. She had visitation rights. And then she ended up marrying, uh, she married a gentleman who abused her. And then she married another gentleman who was better for her. And, but then he went into, uh, into the Navy. He had, he had spent time in service in the Vietnam era and he gotten out and then went back in, in the eighties. And my mother just agreed to go along with that. And so then it was 1985, 1986, I was 11 or 12 at the time. Um, it was just all of that abandonment happened again to where she agreed to go with him. He was going to a duty station. So then instead of just having visitation rights every two weeks, then it was going to be maybe once at Christmas for a week or a couple of days at Christmas. And then maybe during the summers. And that's what actually what I did, but it was just a sense of abandonment. I felt very much alone. I felt alone in the house that I grew up in, felt misunderstood, and then led me to a path of of just doing terrible things and then mistreating women and girls at the time. I didn't I didn't know it at, at the time, but I was constructing a life to where I devalued women. And most likely because of the physical abuse that went on in my house and the abandonment from my own mother, then something deep inside of me just just took my vengeance out on on girls and women to where I didn't value them as the way that I should. And that went all the way through, uh, all through my teenage years. And I was just a, a lost child. I mean, I may have been a teenager deep into my, into my teens, but I, but I was a child inside. Emotionally, I was a child. And every part of my social construct was, was very childlike. Well, I, my wife and I were still married and we got married when we were both 19. We've been married for 25 years now. And I have to tell you, I was still a kid when we got married. So we both were in just as many, I guess, 19-year-olds were. But what I brought into it, sadly, was just uh, this sense where I, I didn't value women. That led me in my teenage years to, well, starting in fifth grade, actually, was my first access to pornography. And that led me through a uh, struggle with that for a while. And by God's grace, I've been clear of that for decades now. 
and awesome. I've had complete victory over that and zero temptation. And, uh, and that's been really an amazing thing how all that happened too. But, uh, so yeah. So when we got married at 19, we, uh, we figured it out. The only thing that we brought into the marriage, quite honestly, was stubbornness. <laughs> that's about all we brought into it. <laughs> it's like, we didn't know what we wanted to do, but we knew we didn't want a divorce. So we, we figured it out eventually. And we had some rough years. I'm not going to lie. First couple of years were uh, not much of a honeymoon. I was active duty Navy. I was deployed. I was full deployed. Did I mean, I was gone for a couple of years, probably approximately two years of the four-year commitment. And so just being gone and that abandonment and just emotionally a wreck. And at the age of 21, some friends of ours invited us to a church and I didn't grow up in church or anything. So that uh, not regularly. I mean, I attended, I just kind of dropped off when I was a kid, but I really didn't have a faith. But at 21, I gave my life to Christ and through that, the very first thing that, that God provided for me was uh, a better and a more wholesome perception of what a father is. And I, I then learned how to be a husband and father as God was fathering me. So when I would go into the Bible, and I believe that the Bible is the standard of faith and practice, it certainly is for my life. Amen. And so, so I would look at I would look at the Bible and I would say, God's like that. I'm like, that is like, that's the father I never had. Now, what I have learned also is I had so many unfair expectations on my dad. I expected him to be Jesus to me, and he was never going to be. He himself was wounded, just as he's part of the walking wounded, as many men are today. Mm -hmm. So now I am, I'm campaigning. My vision is to help men to be complete men, complete emotionally, intellectually, spiritually, and physically, is to be complete. And it's all because of the healing that God did in my life. Yeah, that's 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 awesome. And like like I like I said, our journeys are a little bit different, mm -hmm. but they originate somewhere. And and during this journey, for me at least, as I've tried to dig deeper and and going back and forth with with you and some of the stuff that I've shared prior podcasts, it all starts somewhere. Right. It it all like you have to go back and search mm -hmm. It started with a tragedy. Something happened, something uh, did something to you. It originates somewhere. And, and um, I'm glad that you were, as far as the, the pornography, I'm glad that you didn't, uh, it didn't suck you in like it did me. Mm -hmm. And that's awesome. I wish that was the case for me, but um, the same thing uh, for me, I devalued women. I didn't respect them with the respect that they deserved. Yeah, and, uh, it all started with, like you said, abandonment. I felt abandoned, and I needed someone to let me know I was good. I needed someone to tell me, you know, I'm doing a good job. Something a father should do. And and similarly, I didn't really have my father around, so that definitely plays a huge, huge uh, part. And I think it's understated. I think uh, the the need for a father is is. Uh, is far more important than we realize. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I sit back now and, and I'm thankful. My, my dad and I have a, a best relationship we've ever had. 
we spend a lot of time hiking and camping. He comes, I live in Georgia and, and he comes from my hometown in Illinois and, and comes down and spends time with me. And, and it's really because of the, the healing that's happened and everything, all of our issues, they do originate somewhere. And it's, it, it's that heart work is hard work yeah. you know, to, to get back to whatever the source was as much as we can figure out the source of the wound. And what I love through, through my study is I found that those wounds then create lies and you know, that, that, there's lies that are formulated around those wounds and, and those can be really complicated. And then we make vows to ourselves based off that and that forms into our false self. Right. So, and that really is, is the premise of a new kind of man. It, what is, uh, is understated in it, but what I, I seek to develop further is it's a new kind of man. We're all a little bit different. I mean, you and I have, we have different, different stories. We have some similarities, but we're different men, different stories. And yet when, uh, when I look at what a man should be, it should be the same for you or for me, but yet there's going to be some nuances in our upbringing, but yet we're to be men of character and integrity and honesty. And, so, uh, and, and like I mentioned uh, on the on a post earlier, and also in the little video that I shared, there are some universal truths that mm -hmm. are non-negotiable for men that pass down from generation to generation. And uh, maybe we'll touch a little bit uh, once we finish here, how, um, and, and we'll go a little bit on our faith side, how Jesus was the perfect example of a man, of manhood and masculinity, but at the same time, gentle, compassionate, loving. So we'll, we'll, we'll see, uh, we'll see if we have time to go into that one. Um, but uh, go, go ahead. Uh, so, what what do you find yourself doing now? Now that you look back, you've you've been through these things. What are some things that you've learned along the way, and lessons that you still continue to learn? Yeah, it's it's a proper understanding of the of the placement of my heart, my masculine heart, and knowing that the strength that I've been given as a man is to be utilized to support and uplift others and to serve others. So my my masculinity and the journey into manhood has been just seeking to again develop and I'm still developing. I don't have it all figured out. I'm on a journey, man. Yeah. You, you know, know both, brother. Me, <laughs> you both. It's and it's not easy. It is not um, easy. You know, I'm deep into it, but I tell you, I uh not I, I, I'm not gonna say that I felt well, I thought I had everything figured out, but I'm going through a, a study, the Wild at Heart study. I'm going, I've been going through that study with different groups of men since 2003. Oh, wow. So, and tomorrow night, uh, would it be Tuesday night? Yeah. Uh, I'll have 20 to 25 men again going through that. So, mm -hmm. I, you know, I've talked through it many times. I've, I've prayed through it. I've studied through it. And now what I've learned through this is, there was another wounding in my past that I had not really identified. And out of all these times going through it, it's like, there's another wounding and I had made an agreement about it. And there was another, you know, false self that was being created. And so it's like peeling back just layers of the onion of my life. And, mm -hmm. and the, the more I go into it, the more I think, Oh man, there's something else, you know? Yeah. So, 
Yeah, and and that's that's amazing, and that's what blows my mind actually. When I sit here and think about it, and you know, I share some stuff, something that you know, I like that aha moment. You know, oh, I see it this way. All right, I got it down, and then the next day, boom, something else hits you, and you're like, <laughs> and I, I, I'm not sure how the saying goes, but uh, the more you know, the more you realize uh, what you don't, don't know. know. Yeah, and that is amazing. Like this journey is going to be a lifelong journey. Absolutely. And, and actually, to some men, this what we're doing now, me and you and some of the other guys that we've connected uh, with through IG, what we're doing now is not for everyone. And I understand that. It's not popular. It's right. not popular. I mean, who likes to look inside themselves? And right. uh, a lot of times what we hide inside is just, it's a mess. Mm-hmm. And, and we just like to uh, brush it under the rug. But I, I, like we've shared before, I think there is a, there is a resurgence Mm-hmm. of the kind of man that, that we're striving to be and Absolutely. that the world is longing for. The women are longing for it. Uh, mm-hmm. We can look um, across the board and, and there's been actually several studies into this and they ask women, do you want, would you like for your man to stand up, be a man, be a protector, provider, you know, step up to the plate and actually be a real man. And overwhelmingly that overwhelmingly that answer is yes. Mm-hmm. So society might say that, Oh, you know, toxic masculinity, but that's a minority being portrayed as a majority, but secretly the, the people out there, the, the ladies and the wives, they're, they're longing for exactly what we're striving for. You know, I have, it's, it's, Ironic you mentioned that because uh, through the years, I've had many wives come up to me and they would say, hey, I've heard the message. I've heard what you've been talking about as far as trying to inspire men. How can I how can I give my man basically what he needs to be a man? And I just I, I sadly just look at him and I say, you can't like that's the problem. He's probably going to you to verify that he is a man. That's just not that's not the way it works. Yeah. It's like we just can't go to the to the beauty, as John Eldridge says, and expect them to validate our manhood. I mean, like only only God truly can validate our manhood. He's the one who divide, defined what man should do. And way back, you know, in Genesis, when man, uh, when when God created man, created Adam, right. the, the characteristics of man was the masculine strength, the masculinity. So that was supposed to be woven into the male experience. So that's something that God gives. And, and, and unfortunately, many men go to their wives and say, hey, please validate me. Please validate me. And they just simply can't. And so I have, I have all sorts of, through the years, I've had all sorts of, of ladies come up to me, women come up to me and then say, how can my husband have what you're talking about? And, and I've had the opportunity to, to help maybe inspire some of those men through the years and to meet with them privately through the years. And then some of them, it's like what you're alluding to earlier, some of them just choose not to. They're fearful. You know, me inspiring them is just not enough because when you delve into the issues of the heart, you know, you can't dabble there. Like if you're going to go in and deal with the issues of the masculine heart, you've, you have to spend as much time as it takes to get the healing that you need. Exactly. And, and I was, to be honest, I was afraid of this because I know that me and you are, uh, 
we we like to process and think only uh, through. And I've seen that because of the messages that uh, we share. Sometimes we shoot each other sure. messages uh, via uh, on Instagram or text. Mm-hmm. Uh, from my own discovery, you know, reading um, we, a lot of men, and I, I saw this in myself, and maybe to a certain extent in yourself, a lot of men seek validation because the father was not there. Mm-hmm. So the father was not there in their childhood. Mom was there. So they were constantly trying to please mom. Constantly, okay, everything with mom, everything with mom. So we grow up with that uh, mentality that mm-hmm. women or woman is, is uh, to approve of our actions, to validate us. And we grow up with this and we place what our mom gave us onto our wife. And we seek and we continue to seek that validation, you know, uh, continue to seek for a woman's approval because that's what was implanted, uh, implanted in us as a child because of the lack of the father. So it's, oh man, you know, I won't go into it because then we start getting, <laughs> and then we, you know, we're neck deep in, in, in water and we're drowning. But yeah, that validation, uh, majority of the times comes from from a father wound yes the need for the woman approval yeah masculinity is bestowed by another man yes and hopefully it's it's their their father if it's not their father it could be an uncle a grandpa close neighbor uh close you know family member or something like that a close family friend but but masculinity is bestowed and, or, you know, to be that idea of now I'm a man. And then that validation as a man is bestowed by another man. It, it can't be the mother. It can't be uh, a girlfriend, a wife, a grandmother. It has to be another man. It's yeah. just the way we're made. And that, that's exactly because men and women are different. I don't, I don't care what society says. And I don't care if our podcast gets banned. Men and women are different water and oil right they cannot mix they they uh, help each other out but you a woman cannot give the properties of a man to a man because she can only give what's inside of her right so a man like you said bestows masculinity to another man and kind of kind of like what i was telling you the universal truths character integrity honor self-reliance mm-hmm. those are handed down man to man Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, so this is—I so I knew it was—I knew it was going to be this kind of intense, uh, intense conversation. But I was looking forward to it. I love these kind of topics. Me too. Because it's—it's it's, this is what we need to be talking about. We don't need to be talking about Kawhi Leonard going to the Clippers, which is all fun and good. Which is all fun and good yeah. in its time, you know. Uh, we could talk I, about that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Let's actually the the. The Western Conference conference is going to be interesting to watch. It's going to be. Uh, it I think this year the NBA is going to be a lot of fun. A yeah. lot of parity. Like the championship is up for grabs. We don't know who's going to take it. You know, it's not a shoe in for sure. The Warriors. Although I am a, a fan of the Warriors, but uh, yeah, um, I'm a Spurs guy, San Antonio hometown. Gotcha. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch uh, the NBA this coming season. You're a football guy. Yeah, I, yeah, football and uh, and basketball. So nice. I uh, I grew up a Lakers fan, but uh, then kind of drifted away from that. 
and I've actually been a Warriors fan for several years. So yeah, and it, uh, I guess it's not popular to be a Warriors fan now. Maybe at first, you know, you got the. But once I guess they started winning too many championships, we were like, okay, that's enough. That's enough. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's going to be very interesting. And then the, the trade with Durant to uh, Brooklyn. Yeah. Uh, but we won't be able to see that till another year because he needs to recover from his injury. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's interesting. I've heard different perspectives on that. That um, Maybe this was a bad move. But you know what? Check this out. Check this out. He is seeking validation for himself that he can take a team alone to the championship. Very true. So, uh, you know, speaking in, in terms of what we were talking about earlier. So, you yeah. know, it all ties in. It all ties in, brother. It really does. You know, the, the, do I have what it takes? It's like some people, they just, they have to go back and go back and back and back. And they look for on ways to define, you know, to have that answer. Do I have what it takes? And then if you, again, make it to the finals with someone else, who's, you know, kind of a co-captain thing. It's like, I'm, I don't know if I had what it takes because they were along for the ride. I don't know. I guess we're all on for a ride next year when it comes to the <laughs> NBA, aren't we? <laughs> but, but I heard uh, an interesting uh, perspective on that because uh, speaking on, on validation, because Kevin Durant was a phenom, you know, in his oh. high school. So he was constantly fed, like, you're going to be a star. You're going to be the one. Yeah. You are the chosen one. You're going to, man, you're going to make it big in the NBA. So then mm -hmm. he goes to the Warriors. Of course, he was in OKC for a little bit. But then he goes to the Warriors, and he has to play second fiddle. You know, he has to play right. as a team, and it's not all about him. So it kind of goes in contrast to what he has been fed throughout most of his life. So I, I guess we can see an internal struggle within the, the, the Durant himself and wanting to leave. To the next. Yeah. Oh man, look at this. We're even getting deep on, on NBA stuff. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting off uh, of, on NBA. If only I could shoot like Durant. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um what what other projects are you working on? What what kind of, I know you got uh you you got a blog. Yeah. And you got the, the uh man um a new kind of man on Instagram, which people could follow. Right. It's the same thing at a new kind of yeah. man, and you're you're putting up great stuff. Uh, faith Thanks, planted on it, but it's still the same principles. Same principles still apply on in our daily life. So that I mean, I, I enjoy your posts. I love reading them. You actually, like like we're, we're always sharing. Iron sharpens iron. And every time I see a little something that you post, it I see it as an opportunity, you know, to to sharpen that blade and and shine a light on perspective that that I've never seen. So I, I really appreciate that, and I thank you for doing that and putting your heart Thanks, in. Thanks, So. What what other uh, projects you got going on? You know, in the future, I'm I'm still trying to consider what it is that I'm going to do. I, I don't want to detract from the just the the group of guys that that I am, you know, that, that live nearby and meet my home. I don't want to take away from that. Mm -hmm. But I'm considering a podcast as well, and to talk about similar themes, most likely. But really built on the those four tenets that I mentioned earlier about spiritual maturity, yeah. being intellectually sound or emotional depth, and uh, and kind of digging into those realms and physical strength. So, uh, so to me, those were those are areas that, that Jesus clearly had. Yeah. And my and you know let's let's uh, before let's jump into that. Let's talk about that. How sure. Jesus was the prime example of masculinity. Yeah. So I'm sorry, I interrupted. I just wanted to throw that little bit in there. That way we can segue into that. Perfect. Yeah. Um, well, it, 
it says in Luke two fifty two that Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. Right. So he grew in wisdom and stature, in favor with God and man. And so those out of those those four things that are mentioned there, that's actually the the pillars, if you will call it, of a new kind of man. So that's the reason why I picked those four different areas are based off of those four things that are identified through Jesus, because he perfectly personified every one of them. Whatever emotion he needed at the time, he was able to 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 access without any fear of looking less like a man. He was fully man at all times. So whether he was, you know, weeping over the the loss of his friends, he was there. Whether it was turning over the the tables of the money changers, mm-hmm. righteous anger, brother. Right. It's like he. That's that's a strength. That's a, a masculine strength to do that. Mm-hmm. He, saw an, he saw an injustice and acted upon it righteously. Absolutely. And I would hope that your listeners would do the same, if there's something that, that just gets their blood boiling in, in a righteous way. I'm not talking about in a petty way, but I'm saying something that's, a, that's an injustice in the world that they would just, like I'm trying to do with the new kind of man, and I know you're trying to do this as well. I, I, would, I would hope that your audience would pour their lives into whatever that injustice is. The world would be a better place if men stepped up and they, they embraced the challenges of the day and that they met the needs of those injustices and they did it in the way that was honorable, that was direct, and that was persistent over yeah, time. Let's, let's focus on nonviolent. <laughs> let's focus on right. nonviolent. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. absolutely. That, that, goes, that ties in with honorable and, and uh, yeah. do it in a respectful way. Yeah. And um, well, on the same vein that we're talking about Jesus, I mean, if we, we dissect it, and I read a little bit about it, I mean, if we dis- dissect the characteristics of, of masculinity in, in Christ, mm-hmm. he was a hard worker. He was a carpenter, a man that worked with his hands, mm-hmm. that were calloused. He was, uh, I mean, working with your hands. We're actually, actually working with wood, and I'm sure they didn't have two by fours back in the day, you know, or cut it, they were exactly. hauling pieces of wood. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and through that kind of work, you develop physical strength. So no, mm-hmm. he wasn't a bodybuilder, but he was able to handle his own through the, the, the trade that he was working in. So hard work. We look at that. Mm-hmm. Um, we look at the way he would communicate with people. Mm-hmm. He would communicate with, with the layman and he would use parables, but then he would also speak to Pharisees who were the wise men at the time. Right. And Which, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, and that speaks into the spiritual maturity side and the intellectual side because. Yes, that's what I was getting was, at. He was able to start, start a studio thunder, brother. <laughs> no, 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 no. Hey, we're in this together, man. Don't worry about it. Let's do it. Cool. If, when he would talk to the Pharisees, he could talk at their level. Mm-hmm. But exactly. yet, when, but he was, he was the everyday man. He was a carpenter. Yeah. You know, he was a, a carpenter's son. So he was. He was an everyday kind of man like that we would see a physical strength, but yet intellectually he was solid. And it says that he grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. He grew. Right. So this was a continual process for him. You know, this was this would be some of the identifiers of his life. He grew in those areas. It, he knew all of the Bible. He knew everything, but yet he still went and still taught and still read from 
not not the whole Bible as we have it today, of course, but yeah, from the manuscripts that they had at that time, right, of the Old Testament, like he did that, and he was a he was a well known, not always appreciated, of course, but a well known rabbi, rabbi meaning teacher, right. So he people oohed and awed over what he said because he he spoke with with you know just profound language and understanding, but yet. He used everyday illustrations to bring about points. So people like you and me, you know, we wouldn't sit and scratch our head and say, what was he saying? Yeah. When he would talk about a mustard seed, a mustard seed was in their culture. When he, you know, the, the miracles around the Sea of Galilee, it's, or, or cho- the choosing of fishermen. Think about it in this way. So even I believe that a man is to be a leader, and I think that men are to be servant leaders. So the, the, two, can be, um, two things can be true at one time. Absolutely. I think they have to be. Mm-hmm. And so think about this, and this will be interesting for your listeners. Think how much of a leader he had to be to have fishermen. Fishermen are they're, they're hard, hard people, typically. And people who do that for a living, it's a hard line of work, and it's it's it's, it's just, just an arduous work. Yeah. So think about how much of a leader he would have had to have been for them to respect him enough to not just listen, but to follow him. Like to gain that kind of respect of what we would consider to be manly men. I mean, that is the, the epitome of leadership. Yeah. And the thing with uh, when you're reading the scriptures and reading about Jesus, it's, it's between the lines. Mm-hmm. It, it, like it isn't, you got to understand like, okay, you be, you befriended fishermen. Then you got to read between the lines. What kind of work did fishermen do? It was hard. Like, like you mentioned, you got to read yeah. uh, in between the lines. And right. um, yeah, it, like it's just a perfect example. Like we were telling um, the way he would relate to Pharisees. And I think we're talking about something very, very similar and a very important topic because, and I want to segue, I want to lead into this because uh, of what we're trying to do. I know that we've talked about um, what we're trying to do on our, on our pages. Sure. But we have a lot of bro code stuff. Right. A lot of man code. Or my, uh, that's actually a satirical segment on, on my podcast, man code. But, um, yeah. Which are hilarious, by the way. <laughs> I'm trying to, trying to balance it out with, with some humor and then actual like lessons about being a true gentleman. Yeah. But, uh, the the actual speaking to actually speaking intellectually it's not just like uh, for an example you see a post out there you know you know stand up because you're a man and that's what men do see that doesn't do anything for me like what what is that what man what did, what does a man do and and speaking intellectually mm-hmm. is is i think crucial nowadays to understand more to uh, elaborate on on what we, what was stated like like i like i mentioned be a man okay break down what a man is what are the characteristics of a man mm-hmm. what does a man do in certain situations and i think what we're trying to do is is completely uh in the opposite direction of these bro code pages that you know people just like just to feel good about themselves without dealing with the what's going on underneath and strengthening the foundation of their manhood right yeah the bro code all of that, the man code, all, all to me, I'm, 
I, I don't know. I don't know where it all originated, but I really don't have time for all that. Uh, to me, that's a very shallow man. Yeah, exactly. And, exactly. and that is, that is not the man that I'm trying to be. Honestly, that's not the, the type of man that my wife needs for me to be, or my kids need for me to be, or my friends. Uh, they just don't need that person around. So I'm not even going to be pursuing that person. Instead, I want to be yeah, somebody who I realize these men that I'm going to mention are deeply flawed, but men of substance and people like Winston Churchill or Theodore Roosevelt. These men were intellectually sound and they, I know that Theodore Roosevelt was a man of faith. And I believe that Winston Churchill is, they attribute him to have a faith as well, but a faith in Christ is what I'm making mention of. And so I look at those types of men and I'm thinking, okay, that is, there's an element there that they would call the virtuous life. That is, to me, that is admirable. There's something about that to be well-read, well-studied, uh, to, to be able to, to listen to an argument and still be a gentleman and walk away if they disagree with your position. Right. Which is, is not very common these days. <laughs> There's no you common know. ground nowadays. There's, uh, no. especially with everything so polarized, it's, it's crazy. It's amazing. Right. So that's really the, you know, I, I look at men like that and, and the, the studies that I've done on both those individuals, I'm thinking, man, there's something great about that. There's, again, they were flawed just as we're all flawed and they were on their own journey, but there's, there's something admirable where they, they have these virtues, the virtuous life, or as, as Roosevelt, he also called it the strenuous life that, that there is just a strength of character and a strength of a strength physically that they were, that he was pursuing. Right. And to me, those are, are admirable qualities that I want to develop in my own life and, and maybe in somebody else. Amen to that. And, and before I lose my train of thought and we start going a little deeper <laughs> as, as seems to be the case now uh, in reflection to Jesus being the example of masculinity and man. So we, we established that he was a hard worker. Yeah. We established that he related to the simple man and also to the intellectual man, which is something that I, I believe we're trying to do speak to mm -hmm. the intellectual man or explain things in an intellectual manner. Right. He was the epitome of friendship. Yeah, absolutely. He was a Yeah. He practiced forgiveness when he told Peter, you know, you're going to betray me, but, I'm still here for you. Yeah. And I don't recall, it might've been Peter how, that asked him, how many times do I forgive my friend? 77 times seven. Mm -hmm. so the epitome of forgiveness, friendship, friendship, when he laid down his life, mm -hmm. compassion, when he, when he would get down with the lepers, when he told the lepers, hey, show yourself to the priest. Yes. And just uh, those characteristics. And, and a lot of those, like I told you, they're universal truths that are, originated from him and then mm. they have been been passed down from generation to generation and still are valid and relevant today absolutely and i say it like this you know who looking at the life of jesus and look at he did and the perfect life of course but all of those qualities i mean he changed the world yeah death burial resurrection he changed the world you mean how to agree the the listener may not agree with the christian faith but you have to agree that it changed the world yeah 
Exactly. And and I know a lot of guys, they, they probably, uh, oh, you know, Jesus or whatever. Uh, yeah, that's not for me. But you can act, it's still extract the the characteristics and the qualities that he displayed that are written in, in the Bible and apply them to your life. And maybe you're not a man of faith, but just those qualities alone will elevate your manhood and masculinity to a level that you, you haven't uh, seen in yourself before. Right. Yeah. I, it's, it's really interesting. So I would say this, if I can, um, this is your podcast, but no, no, go ahead. Hey, when I, before you came on here, brother, I told you, hey, you, you pour your heart out. I'm yeah. not going to try to tie you down. You pour your heart out and whatever you feel, go ahead and share it. Awesome. Well, I would say if somebody is, is not, you know, not a Christian, they, they're not adhering to the Christian faith. I would just say go into what are commonly referred to as the biographies of Jesus. We also call them the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Go in there and look at the type of man that Jesus was. And you tell me if there's ever been a better man. Just from that standpoint, you may not agree right out that he's God. But, but you tell me if there's a better man that has ever been portrayed, a more complete man ever been uh, portrayed, ever in the history of mankind other than Jesus Christ. I don't think you can find it. I agree hundred percent. You can't. And just like the qualities that, that he displayed, like we mentioned before, compassion, friendship, forgiveness, mm. loyalty, mm. intellectual could relate to everyone. Wasn't afraid to get down to, to the bottom feeders as we would call them, you know, yeah. beggars, but also wasn't afraid to speak to lofty people. Yes. And those are things that we can take away regardless of whether you believe in God or you don't. Those yes, are the things that will elevate who you are as a man, elevate your masculinity to a level that you haven't seen before. And I'm, I'm, I'm 100% sure. I guarantee it, your wife would appreciate it. It'll be better for your kids, for your friends around you. And to be honest, when, when you're striving for those kind of things, it, it feels amazing. It feels amazing to be able to share love, show love, show compassion forgiveness. And as I go on this journey, I, I'm, it's, it's just amazing to see the changes in myself. And then the reaction that my, my wife gives me, oh, it's beautiful. I'm not gonna lie, brother. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. And it, it's amazing. And it, man, I'm getting a little emotional right now. Because <laughs> it's just, it's just beautiful. It is. And, and I, I, like, I'm getting a glimpse of what we were designed to do you know, by a creator, the way a marriage was supposed to play out. It's, it's beautiful and it's amazing. And uh, it's, it just takes me back. And especially when my wife goes out of, way, out of her way and tells me, you know, I've seen the changes in you and it, I love you more for it. And I want you to keep going like, oh man, that's the cherry on top. It is. That's the cherry. Uh, on top. I, and, and if my wife were here, I know that she would be able to to echo some of those same sentiments that your wife says. It's like she knew me before, and of course, and then and then the man that I am now. And I'm I'm deeply flawed. I'm a work in progress. I I can I can slide back into bad patterns, and don't get me wrong. But yet I am not the man that I was. I'm not the man that I was ten years ago. So so I just want to continually to be. A better man, and the way that I believe that I can be a better man is is by continually uh, 
digging in, digging into into the Bible, looking at great biographies, taking care of myself physically, being being aware and to call out what's going on emotionally, uh, whatever's going on inside me, and that makes me available emotionally and spiritually and physically available to be there for for my wife and kids and my friends. And yeah, it's beautiful. It's 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 amazing. It blows my mind and. It's just, it, it, words cannot express, man. Words cannot express the, the journey that I've gone on and the, the things that I've overcome. And uh, actually to, to meet individuals like yourself that we are on the same journey to try to be better. I am no, I am far from perfect, nor will I ever be perfect. Right. But I'm striving to be better yeah. every day. And that's, yeah. that's the key. That's the key. We got to keep going. We got to keep pushing. So before we let you go, um, yeah. any, any last words you want to share with us? Anything uh, in your heart that you want to tell the audience or just simply share? Uh, yeah, to the, to the men out there, I would just say, don't give up. Don't give up on, on yourself. You may have endured some terrible trauma in your life. Get the help that you need. Don't accept defeat. Don't accept defeat. Keep going. You have more in you than what you even believe that you do right now, most likely. Find a, a good group of men. I believe they're, that they should be Christian men, but find a good group of men who, who are pursuing the same things that you're longing for and jump into that relationship, that friendship. And trust me, when you do so and, and you commit fully to that, you can become the man that you want to be and you can become the the husband that your wife needs you to be and the dad that your kids need you to be. That's exactly right. That's right on the money. And uh, I want to thank you personally. I'm, I'm humbled and honored that you were able to come on here and then share, you know, some parts of your story. It's not an easy thing, but I'm glad that, that you were able to do that. Come on here and share that. And I'm sure it'll resonate with people that have been through similar situations that now can see you, you know, overcome, a, a, right. an overcomer, someone who triumphed over what life threw at him. So I'm honored and I thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me and speak to us out here in the audience. Yeah, it's, it's been my privilege and my honor as well. I love to, to share with this and, and man, if I can just help to encourage one man, just one man, then it's all worth it. That's right. That's exactly right. One man. One man, if we can touch them. So uh, to be honest, I, I'd like to have you back on <laughs> if, you, if you get a chance. And, and uh, I love these kind of conversations. They're enriching, they're enriching and enlightening, and they, they fortify the things that, that we've already established. So I'd like to have you back on, and, and we'll, we'll stay in contact with that. Yeah, let's do it. All right, my brother. You, you have yourself a good day. Thank you. All right. Thank you once again, Chad, for stopping by. I know that our conversation and our vulnerability is going to touch somebody out there. It's going to speak to somebody's life. And I'm excited about what the future holds for us. And hopefully we can have them again on the podcast and we can share another conversation. That's this week's podcast. There is more to come. And I hope you have a blessed day.